0: everybody uh, Tom Kranz here welcome back to the independent author podcast I appreciate you subscribing and I appreciate you downloading my episodes Uh, today my guest is Brian Horton Uh, Brian and I go back uh, a few years uh, when Brian lived kind of full-time here in my hometown of Fanwood Uh, we met uh, I guess because we had common backgrounds as veterans of the news business uh, but Brian, for a little while, uh, took over the job I used to have here doing public information, which was taking photographs of local town council meetings and captioning them and kind of being the uh, photographic record keeper of events here in Fanwood. Uh, he since then uh, sold his house in Fanwood and moved down to the shore, uh, the Jersey Shore. And of course, we're all jealous of that. And uh, this is uh, by a, a long explanation by me, by way of me saying that he has Published a book of his photographs called Beaches, Bays, and Backroads. Uh, Brian is a career photographer. I think he's probably spent much of his life behind a camera. Uh, and uh, Brian, welcome.
1: Thank you, Tom, for inviting
0: me. Sure. What's the weather at the shore like today, or do I want to well, know? Well,
1: actually, uh, actually, it's kind of a throwaway day, kind of kind of overcast, but we're supposed to have sun the rest of the week. So you put up with days like this to to get the days like tomorrow.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, tell us a little bit about your origins. So you spent most of your life, well, I guess your career as a photographer for the Associated Press. Tell us a little bit about what that entailed.
1: Well, I actually grew up uh, in, a, in a journalism household. My dad was a, a, a bureau chief for the Indianapolis Star when I was a kid. And uh, so I watched him uh, make pictures to go with his stories. And went through college at Indiana University, and then went to work for the a- AP in Chicago in 1971, and started on the photo desk, and and then transitioned to being a photographer in Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Columbus, and then uh, moved to New York in the early 80s uh, uh, to join the management team there. Uh, so uh, had a tremendous career. I was very lucky. I did 12 Olympics and. Two dozen uh World Series and two dozen super Bowls and news events of all sizes and, and uh uh got to travel to about three dozen countries around the world
0: Wow, so, so you was, really uh, did see the world might work for them right
1: <laughs> yes i uh, I was really lucky I was really lucky just about most of the major stories uh of the late twentieth uh, century uh i I had a hand in somehow.
0: And so you spent a lot of a lot of those years working in the film world uh, before those kids out there had digital cameras. You you shot film. And I, you know, I, I never did that for a living. When I first started taking pictures, I I shot film, of course, too. But, you know, I had kept kept the, the roll of film in my camera for weeks. And then I, you know, sent it to a photo mat and got it when I got it. What was it like? you know, having to get like a camera full of film developed and where did you do it? And how did you make deadlines, you know, when you couldn't just plug in or pull out an SD card?
1: Yeah, you know, actually the, uh, the most difficult part of, uh, any job for a wire service photographer for many, many, many years was, was getting that picture, uh, out to the, the newspaper's, uh, uh, and magazines that subscribe to the AP service. Uh, you'd you'd uh, if if it was a story you could plan on, you'd go a day ahead and and uh, or out hours ahead and and try to find a spot where you could soup your film. It might be a restroom in an office building or or uh, someone's basement or something like that. And you'd set up a little uh, makeshift dark room. And and process it on the spot, and then make a print, and and borrow a telephone line, and and send the picture. And it used to take uh, uh, about ten minutes to send one black and white picture. Uh, I actually was lucky enough to be in on the ground floor of the transition to digital, and uh, uh, the AP was the uh, kind of the pioneer in digital photography. Uh, uh, first working with MIT to create an electronic darkroom to handle pictures digitally. And then that led uh, over the years to a camera, uh, a uh, a partnership with Kodak to produce uh, the first uh, working uh, uh, news photographer's digital camera. And uh, of course, uh, like you said, that freed you up. You didn't, uh, didn't have to have a darkroom anymore. And that was really the driving force behind it. It wasn't so much trying to be a pioneer or trying to, uh, uh, uh create something new. It was to answer an age old problem.
0: Sure. So did you come into the digital age reluctantly? Were you suspicious or was it like, Oh, thank God this is here now.
1: Well, I it was, thank God it was here now, but it was, it was very difficult, uh, because the technology there was less, memory and uh and and less uh pixel count and less quality in uh in the first uh, news photographers digital cameras which was a uh, an nc 2000 they called it and in there was uh it, it produced a one and a half uh megabyte file uh which is which is less than the the absolute worst iphone ever produced. sure <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but at the time that was more information than, than anybody had ever seen in, in, in a digital picture. Uh, it, so it was, it was a thing where you kind of had to put up with the, the bumps and the bruises knowing that, that technology quickly evolves, especially when there is a force behind it to make it evolve there hadn't been a need for a, a better chip at that point because there was no way to use it. So when people came up with a way to use it, there was something to use it for, then the chip people answered that call. Sure. And, uh, and, and that was really the evolution. The first pictures were, you could almost count the pixels in an eight by 10 looking at it.
0: So, um, The book Beaches, Bays and Back Roads that you did uh, just thumbing through it, of course, you're a very active Facebook poster. So quite a few of these photographs are familiar, but they're absolutely spectacular photos of sunsets, of uh, birds, wildlife, uh, some people in here, (laughs) Uh, beautiful skies. Um, I know that uh, based on what I see in these pictures, there's fertile ground for great nature photography. Uh, down at the Jersey Shore. Your book is uh, dedicated to the memory of your late wife, Marilyn. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you met Marilyn and and your, you know, just a kind of a quick thumbnail sketch of your lives together.
1: Well, Mer- Marilyn uh, and I actually uh, met at a plane crash, which is a real... Journalism love story. Yeah, right. Uh we uh we both were covering a uh a, a plane crash at Greater Cincinnati Airport and I sat next to her on a shuttle bus that was gonna take us out to the scene. Uh and uh we had to wait a long period of time to go out and and so we sat and talked and I later asked her out and and, and uh we were married in nineteen eighty-three. And, uh, and just had a, a great life together. Marilyn was a journalist and, and that helped because she understood uh, me being gone and, and uh, my crazy hours. And she had crazy hours uh, and, and so on. And uh, uh, in 2007, Marilyn suffered a, a flare of multiple sclerosis that, uh, that uh, led to her disability. And then we spent the next 13 years, uh, uh, fighting that battle together. And, uh, and, and it just really gave, uh, gave us a chance to learn a lot about each other and how hard she would fight and, and just wouldn't give up. And it was very inspiring. You couldn't think you were having a bad day when you thought of what she went through every day. Uh, in 2020, uh, in the course of, uh, of a two month period, we found out she had a, uh, unrelated to the MS that she had a, uh, tumor in her uh, lung, uh, proved to be cancerous. And, and she died in a, from two, two months almost to the day from the discovery of the tumor to, to her death. And, uh, we used to go out, uh, and, and, and drive in the, Back roads of uh, uh, along the shore, there are vast areas, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of uh, grasslands and all along the uh, shore. Uh, and we would go out there just to spend a nice afternoon out in the sun, especially in the off season. And when it was warm enough, we'd go up to the beach. But in the off season, we'd just go out and drive on these back roads, see just to see what we could get and get us out of the house and and get some sunshine. And uh, a lot of the pictures come from those trips. And we had a lot of great conversations on those trips. And that's some of the, my, my fondest memories are going out and, and uh, uh, just talking about life and you know, seeing birds. And, and we would go out every day for sunset no matter what. And, uh, and that, that was kind of our life uh, for, for many years.
0: I see. And, and, you know, the books, A uh, part of the book's beauty is, uh, you know, the pages that have to do with your lives together and the people who helped you through all those years. I met Marilyn several times, you know, that smile of hers lit up a room when she came in and uh, it was very sad when she, when she passed away. Um, but I see also that, um, that the uh, Robert Wood Johnson Center for MS was a huge help to both of you. And in fact, while the book is not for sale per se, uh, people who get the book are encouraged or strongly urged to make a donation to that center. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing that uh, that's gotta be one of the reasons that it's really taken off when you take, you know, beautiful pictures and a good cause like that uh, for such an inspiring dedication. Uh, you know, who, do, who wouldn't want to give to that kind of a cause?
1: I've I've been overwhelmed by the response, Tom. Uh, I had originally come up with a list of forty or fifty names of friends, uh, people who had a connection with Marilyn and with me, and uh, and and thought I'll I'll put together this book of photographs that that will bring back memories of Marilyn for them, and and so on. And uh, we've now passed three hundred books,
0: Yikes. so uh,
1: it just uh, Someone told somebody or shared it and showed a friend or something, and then a friend got a hold of me. A lot of people on Facebook uh, saw an uh, uh, announcement that the book was coming out and, and so on. And it was really completely word of mouth. Uh, just, it's just amazing. And just, just uh, what about six or eight weeks now since, since uh, I hit the button to send it to the printer, for the first time, uh, I, I passed 300 uh, books distributed this week. So if if anyone is interested and they'd like some more information on the book, they can email me at HortonMail, that's H-O-R-T-O-N-M-A-I-L at gmail.com, and, uh, and I'll respond to them and answer any questions they have and tell them how they could donate to the Robert Wood Johnson Center for MS who are the people who uh, were really uh, our guides through the 13 years of Maryland's disability.
0: Yeah, that's great. I really encourage folks to look into that and to seriously consider sending Brian an email at hortonmail at gmail.com uh, and at least start the dialogue about getting a hold of a copy of this book and making a donation, large or small, to the Robert Wood Johnson uh, Center for MS. Uh, they did incredible work down there. And uh, Brian, your your photography Speaks for itself. I I don't want to sit here and try to describe, you know, in audio only what these pictures are like, but there is the one that I told you about. There's a picture about four pages in, folks, of these two seagulls having an argument, apparently, over a crashing wave at the shoreline uh, of Long Beach Island and you can almost feel the spray of the water. You can almost hear the seagulls. This picture is so spectacular, but there's a lot of spectacular photographs in this book. Brian, I really appreciate you joining me here. I wish you really great continued success with the book and keep taking pictures and keep posting them. Some days it's about the only, the most positive thing in in my Facebook, uh, my Facebook. life. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for uh, inviting me to join you on your podcast today. You
0: bet. And thank you to everybody for listening and uh, join us next time.
1: Great stories, great reads, great audiobooks. Visit Tomcransbooks.com for unique and compelling stories in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. That's TomKrantzBooks, T-O-M-K-R-A-N-Z, books.com. You deserve a great escape.